Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Dr. Dallas. I am here with Angelica. What up, what up? And uh, today's going to be a little bit different. We're going to have what's called a bite-sized surgical nugget, Ooh. right? So yeah. uh, little you know, pieces of information that we picked up that we think our patients would really benefit from, uh, kind of teach them about a one specific topic. I think that'll be kind of nice, right? So it's not going to yeah. be too long. Today, we're going to be talking about something really, uh, you know, kind of close to what we do every day in the operating room. But um, Angelica, I was out of town. Yeah, you were over the weekend. You were at a breast conference. Yeah, breast conference. Exactly. And uh, I missed you guys. Oh, we missed you too. Yeah, thank you. So it was... see you on Friday. Yeah. And uh, so I was gone for three days. It was Atlanta Breast Symposium, more specifically. But the really cool thing was that it was sort of the latest and greatest on breast implants, breast surgeries, uh, what to expect out there, and some of the new things that maybe people have been hearing about. Right. And so um, there's been a little bit of this scare around about implants and the possibility of implants causing cancer. Just Have you heard about that? Yeah, I, I heard about the textured implants yeah. having a cause to Yeah, possibility. Possibly. So uh, I don't know if any of you guys have heard of that, or maybe when you're thinking about, hey, I want a breast implant, you start doing some research and you come across this, you know, uh, website. But um, there is a type of, not breast cancer, because that's a little bit different, but an actual type of lymphoma that has oh, wow. been associated with a textured implant. Okay. And so when you guys come across something uh, on the internet and uh, you read something that says B-I-A-A-L-C-L, you know what that means? Um, from what I can read, it says breast implant <laughs> associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. Exactly. So it wow. is um, when you hear someone say like bia ALCL, or you see those initials, basically it's, um, you know, representing breast implant associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. So it's not a cancer uh, that we think about when we think about breast cancer that happens in the glandular tissue. This is something that happens more in the lymph nodes. That's why it's called lymphoma. And so I don't want people to to get worried about, hey, I have implants. Is this going to happen to me? I think we need to make that distinction that it's actually textured implants, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean by textured? Yes. So it's uh, the implants that have that sort of like gritty surface to it. It's like a different material. It's not like a smooth... Um, yeah, like a it's a silicone implant. Yes, this, the insides, the guts of the implant is exactly the same, but the outs, the exterior is textured. Yes, and so it's a sort of like gritty texture, as opposed to like you said, smooth implants. Right, and so it's this textured implant that has been perhaps associated with this type of lymphoma. So lymphoma, so only textured implants, and probably more specifically, um, there's three main implant manufacturers. You have Allergan. Mentor and Sientra, right? We uh, typically use one of the larger ones. Allergan's actually one of the larger ones. Mentor's probably the second. But Allergan's textured implant is the one that they were seeing some of these BIA, ALCL lymphomas. Uh, But we're talking probably about 1% in the world. So we're looking at maybe a, a couple hundred, but these are over, you know, hundreds of thousands of cases. Right. So um, we're not quite sure why it happens. Um, they think that the texture, that gritty surface is somehow causing some sort of inflammatory reaction and that that constant inflammatory reaction somehow stimulates our immune system to then, you know, rapidly divide and then eventually causes lymphoma. Um, and, uh, you know, 
shaped implants. Remember shaped implants? They're more teardropped. Yes. So I'm not sure if people out there who have talked to surgeons about breast augmentations, um, the shaped implants, they were all textured, meaning that you have this teardrop shape and you didn't want it to rotate. So the textured portion it was sort of acted like a Velcro, so it wouldn't rotate on itself. Right. Um, but pretty much we're not seeing Allergan's version of those textured implants because they pulled theirs off the market. So in the United States, they pulled off textured, Allergan textured or BioCell, that was sort of the name for it, BioCell textured implants off the market because um, there was a few places in Europe, like France and Canada, pulled off uh, Allergan's textured implants too. But they were recalled, right? Like they're really? uh, they're recalled in in Europe, in France. Okay. Here, the uh, the company Allergan, the company, decided, you know what? Before the FDA says, "Hey, take them off the market," they voluntarily remove them off the market. Right. So, um, and you know, for that reason, I have not used textured implants in a long time, and uh, I only use smooth gel implants because there's never been um, any lymphomas associated with a smooth gel implant. So that's good, right? Yes. Because so I, think, I don't need to worry then. Yes. Yeah, that's a great question because right. you have a breast augmentation. We use smooth silicone implants right. and there's never been any case of a, you know, lymphoma with a smooth cell or smooth uh, shell implant that we use, let's say like in you. Um, so yeah, I don't want you to worry, you know, uh, but we get a lot of people who, who do worry about that. And then we also get people who maybe come from other places, uh, other surgeons who say, Hey, I have a textured implant. They don't know what kind of implant. They just know it's textured. So what do you do then? Right. Um, well actually the, the FDA, these are the people who kind of make recommendations. Um, the recommendation is, or the current recommendation by the FDA is that women with Allergan biocell implants do not have to have their implants removed if they do not have symptoms of lymphoma. So the question is, what, what are, are the, the symptoms? symptoms? Yeah, so so the symptoms and most common symptoms are going to be an unexplained breast enlargement, asymmetry, fluid buildup, and it's actually that fluid buildup or seroma that causes that enlargement of the breast. It's usually not painful. So it's not something you wake up and go, ouch, my breasts hurt. It's actually just a fluid buildup and it looks different. So that's what someone first notices that their breasts look different because there's a seroma on the other side. Sometimes, sometimes you can get a lump in the breast or the armpit. If you have symptoms like that and you know that you have a textured implant, you definitely have to go see your plastic surgeon for them to take an you know, evaluation to make sure it's not something else. But essentially, if there is something going on, you're going to need some you know, sort of imaging study, usually like a, a CAT scan, uh, ultrasound, first to document the fluid. And then um, they're going to take some of that fluid, usually through a needle aspiration, and send it out for all these different things that may or you know may rule in or rule out the lymphoma that we're worried about so do people usually get it early when they get their implants or does this develop over time they they think it develops over time because it's it it takes years and years for this inflammatory reaction just to occur over and over and then finally your immune system somehow just gives up or it it starts dividing uh, rapidly and uncontrollably. So we never see that, or at least the ones that have been documented have been at least four years out. 
usually like 10 okay. years or so. Uh, something you would not see in the first year or two. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and uh, I think most people would go see their plastic surgeon or that right. person if you notice those things anyways. So, um, but yes, anytime you, you see this abnormal uh, swelling or asymmetry between the breast, you have to think, okay, do, do I have some sort of fluid buildup? And your plastic surgeon should think about those sorts of things. But it's textured implants, not smooth implants. So, Angelica, you don't have to worry. Okay. You'll be just fine. Uh, but there are people out there with textured implants. Yes. And there are people who have mentor textured implants, which are a different company. We have not seen uh, anything like that. Um, not a single one or anything? No, no. Uh, it looks like they've all been linked to the Allergan, Allergan because they're uh, texturing um, the way they texture their implants was, was very aggressive, meaning theirs was more oh. gritty. Um, Does that just help it stick on to like? The idea was for it to really sort of stay in place okay. so it wouldn't bottom out slide. The other thing was that it was felt that the um, the gritty surface would decrease the, the body's ability to form a capsule, a real thick mm -hmm. capsule. So yep. decrease your capsular contracture. Yeah. And did they see that at all? An overall yeah, studies have, have definitely proven that all textured implants do decrease uh, capsular contracture. Hmm. I would say as far as the bottoming out or movement of the implant, it wasn't as great as people thought. They still move around. Yeah. Their gritty surface isn't like the Velcro that they thought it would be. Uh, perhaps a little bit better than smooth, but um, it wasn't significant. So really, when people use textured, or at least the way I thought about it, it was more to decrease the, the capsular contracture rate, especially if you were putting the implant underneath the muscle, or I'm sorry, on top of the muscle, subglandular. So, uh, you know, that whole debate, do you yes. put it above or below the muscle? That. So for the most part in the United States, most uh, plastic surgeons place it underneath the muscle because most, it gives a more natural, natural. Mm -hmm, yes. most natural contour in the upper part of the breast uh, and also decreases or keeps the rates of capsular contractures the lowest. Okay. So, um, however, if you're going above the muscle, there's a higher chance of capsular contracture if you're using smooth, but to bring it down again, so you have low capsular contracture rates, a textured implant in that plane can help. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So and it's usually something like what, um, people who usually go on top of the muscle is more so who are candidates for that when they, instead of going under. Yeah, so, you know, I think you could ask um, 10 plastic surgeons and find probably five different, different answers. answers, but the way I think about going on top of the muscle is maybe someone who's a little bit uh, heavier, who has really thick tissue, um, so there's a lot of tissue above the muscle, and you don't want to put an implant underneath the muscle and give them the, the appearance that they're top-heavy or they're overweight, because right. sometimes you can get that, and um, some, they want that more defined look. So you put it uh, on top of the muscle to give a more defined look so you can see the implant just a little bit more. Because if you're thin, like yourself, and you put it under the muscle, you're still going to have that defined look right. because you're you're very thin and you're, um, you know, fit. But someone who's a little bit heavier, you know, and they want that look, they're seeing all the Instagram models and seeing that, you know, super, super high, high, you know, cleavage, cleavage look. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you have to put it above the muscle. Right. And that's the way I think about going above the muscle bodybuilders, that sort of thing. Some people make, you know, uh, an argument that for a real big bodybuilder, you should put it above the muscle so their muscle doesn't, you know, push it down. But yeah. I've seen some of that happen and it does not look good because they yes. have such a low body fat. They tend to look like a 
you know, like a, a rock in a sock yes. or a bowling ball stuck. You can see the whole outline of the implant. Yeah, a lot and of it the does times. not look good. So for the most part, I would say low body fat people probably better underneath the muscle. Now, also, a common question that I yeah. feel like I get um, through social media at least right. is saline or silicone. Saline or silicone. So yeah. that's a great one. That's a debate that's been going on for years and years. Yes. And uh, I'll tell you that uh, American surgeons are probably the best in the world when it came to saline implants because in 1996, remember, there was a worry that implants, especially if they ruptured, they were going to cause these autoimmune diseases. So there was this real big scare in 1996. And so um, the FDA uh, mandated this moratorium. Basically, they told all the manufacturers, stop, you know, uh, selling these uh, silicone implants and uh, told plastic surgeons, you cannot use silicone implants till we figure out more what's going on. So for 10 years, the only thing available to plastic surgeons were saline implants. Oh, wow. and, and the rest of the world had access to silicone implants, saline implants. So American surgeons for 10 years just used silicone or saline implants. Got oh, very wow. good at them. And, um, you know, they probably have the most experience. However, um, in around 2006, they came back on the market after 10 years of extensive study to show that the silicone on the inside of all these implants did not cause these autoimmune diseases. And so 10 years of studies showed that there was no association. They put them back on the market. And then all of a sudden you had all these American surgeons using silicone implants because they tend to feel a little bit more real yes, and there's less rippling. So that's what it comes down to. I guess that's a long story, a long yeah. answer. I mean, <laughs> it's good. Why do I choose silicone as opposed to uh, saline the majority of time is because I think it feels more natural. And I think even more importantly, there's a less rippling. You know, saline implants tend to ripple on the edges. So someone who's really thin, you're going to see that rippling around the skin, uh, around the implant. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, a lot of good debates. You know, these are yeah. sorts of things that I always talk about uh, with patients. You know, why I choose silicone over saline. What happens if it ruptures? No, you're not going to have, you know, these medical problems, autoimmune problems. Um, and, um, you know, how do you detect a rupture? That's another question. Yes. So... With a saline implant, you're going to know because it looks like a flat tire, right? It's just yeah. like, boom. And then after a day, right. the you body see. reabsorbs it. So it's just, you pretty much are like deflated. Deflated. On yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And your body will just like, just reabsorb the saline water as opposed to a silicone implant. Just like I tell all our patients, if you were to cut it, it's like cutting a gummy bear and uh, it's not going to leak out everywhere. But if we recognize it, we do recommend exchanging it. How do we recognize it? Sometimes you get a shape change. Sometimes something looks a little bit different compared right. to the other side. But the best thing to do is usually get a CAT scan or more specifically an MRI. An MRI will tell you. And what can cause those ruptures you know, typically? These newer generation implants are really so good. They're such a low rupture rate. Um, we're really only seeing it 5% over 10 years. But what could cause it? Well, you know, I show people with an implant, I kind of hold the implant up and there's a little bit of wrinkling, even yes. on silicone implants. Yeah. So in your body, whether you're laying down, sitting up, it's moving around just a little bit. And there's yeah. these folds that occur. And typically uh, it's on the upper part. And those folds that occur over years and years tend to wear down that one particular area. Yes. And then it may cause a little bit of a crack. Okay. But, you know, I have not seen a rupture in many years uh, in implants that I placed. And so that's over the past 10 years. And I think that just shows you the newer generation implants, I think are, are really good. And, yeah. um, you know, people who 
who are athletes, who are gymnasts, who let's say someone gets in a car wreck and has a seatbelt. Never has there been an association of like, hey, my implant ruptured because I fell or I got punched there or, you know, whatever it might be. I was doing MMA wrestling and something happened. No, never been an association. But, um, you know, it can happen. It's usually wear and tear. So. I mean, yeah, good, good stuff though. to know. Yeah, I mean, of course. But uh, that's why I wanted to do this because I think it's really important. Just yeah. a little bit of a nugget, a little bit of an idea what yeah. it's like when you have a consultation with us here when we talk about implants. I mean, you hit it right on the nail, right? Yeah. How do I choose between saline or silicone? Right. Um, I have textured implants or I heard about textured implants or implants in general. Can they cause cancer? And um, I think if anybody walks away from hearing this, I think the main thing is... Um, Smooth silicone implants or smooth saline implants do not cause this lymphoma, nor do they cause any type of breast cancer. It's just those textured implants, Allergan in particular, that have been shown some of these, uh, uh, a few dozen or even a couple hundred in the world of these cases of lymphoma. But if you're having it, do you remember the symptoms to watch out for? Um, let's see. Um, <laughs> I'm giving you, just read it for everybody. Um Unexplained breast enlargement, asymmetry, fluid buildup, or a lump in the breast or armpit. Um, it's rare, but um, an overlying skin rashes or even hardening of the breast. Sure. So, And that's why you need to see a plastic surgeon right. because sometimes a hardening of the breast could be a caps or contracture. Yes. He'll know whether to, you know, uh, do some additional uh, imaging studies. And then um, to diagnose it, it's going to be usually a uh, needle aspiration of the fluid. You got to send it to the pathologist. So. Well, yeah. at least it's, it's, uh, we, there's something, there's a way that they can test yeah. it and find and it. Usually if you catch it early on, it's very treatable. Um, you know, it, it is a cancer and there have been some reported deaths, but it's been very few even for that. So the majority of people who have been diagnosed with this have been treated completely just by removal of the implant and removal of the capsule. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, that's why I want to do this yeah. little Dr. Dallas nugget size educational segment. Yes, exactly. Yeah. A little quick one. So if you ever it had talks. any questions about, you know, why should I choose one implant over the other? And more specifically, can implants cause cancer? Listen to it. You'll kind of find all the stuff here. If there's any questions, you can always hit us up on Instagram. Yep. Snapchat, yeah. Facebook, whichever you prefer. Yeah. Twitter. We have that too. Yeah. Um, And then just ask us your questions. Yeah, we'll answer it even, you know, real time, something like that. So thank you, guys. Uh, We'll try to drop some other nuggets. Oh, that sounds terrible. We'll drop another (laughs) nugget on you. Uh, But yeah, so here's uh, just a little surgery uh, nugget for you guys. Uh, We'll have to come up with another good one that we hear people. But uh, stay tuned. Uh, We'll catch you guys on the flippity flip. See you later. See ya.